Hi, Jeremy Fuchsa here, one of the hosts of Uncle Weepy's Depression Dungeon. If you're coming to this show from the Relay.fm Discord, I want to say hello, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode of our show. If you want to hear more from us, you can go to UncleWeepy.show and subscribe using your favorite podcast, Gulping Dingus. And if you enjoy what you hear and you want to hear a little more, please go to itsonly2dollars.com to support this show on Patreon. A few dollars a month gets you a bonus feed of after-show content, plus your support just might help us hire an editor, which would guarantee that episodes come out on time instead of, you know, me just finding whatever spare moment I can to get these things out. Anyway, thank you. Welcome. We love you. Enjoy the show. Didn't ask for a dime. Two dollars. I haven't even stopped breathing. I mean, not that I should stop breathing. Boy, that wasn't the right word. No, that was a weird word to use for that. I meant I stopped breathing heavily. heavily. Oh, my God. Oh my All right, it's late. I'm, I just I ate dinner. I'm kind of logy. <laughs> it's another episode of Uncle Weepy's Depression Dungeon. With your hosts, Joy Moeller, Paul Armstrong, and Jeremy Fuchsa. Paul, are, are you done sneezing? It hurt. Yes, I, I didn't hear any of it. So that was no. I I, uh, I went under the desk. <laughs> oh lord! Oh. I tend to I tend to dad sneeze. It's an old habit that I can't break. Oh now. god! Like one of those really ugly sneezes. Yeah, it's just like uh, I mean, I've been a dad for twenty one years. I can't help it. I just dad sneeze. I just loud it. Uh, we can ask our guest about his embarrassing dad sneezes if he wants to. <laughs> I wish you would. You know. Well, we will. We've got a fantastic guest. Another guest this week. Yes. The the internet's Merlin Man. Hello, boys. How are you? Hi. Good. How how gross is your dad sneeze? Well, I mean, I don't sneeze very much. I think per capita, but when I do. I will frequently sneeze. I do have like an evening sneeze and I'm like an old, old roomy cat. I sneeze generally like eight to 14 times. Dad sneeze very loud. It upsets my entire family. Oh. It's second only to like me making soda stream. Like it's like, could you please go do that at your office or something? No, kind of like one of those where you think it's just quite done, but then there's one more. <clears throat> yeah. I see. I don't mind it. Like my farts, I think they're sublime. <laughs> Everybody loves their own brand. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not anything I would control, even if I could. The sneeze gives me joy, you know. And if you can't have me, if you if you can't uh, if you can't take me at my dad's sneeze, you don't deserve me at my. Uh, I don't know. It's really late. No, I I'm feeling it. I yeah. Yeah. So no, I do. I'm a sneezer. I'll sneeze. Um, I have sneezed, but um, also my daughter makes me wear pants all the time, which is a, only a fairly recent thing. What? She really doesn't like it when I'm ambling around in the morning in my uh, <laughs> in my me undies. That's that's a that's a, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I'm wearing it. I've paired it with like a really tasteful gold lame top. Well, and like go-go boots. <laughs> Who wants kisses? See, okay. Well, <laughs> she just has she just has not appreciated that yet. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for saying yes to coming on the show it's it's nice it's uh, i think i think uh we end up talking to each other about once every five to six years so just like my mom mm-hmm. yeah well there you go <laughs> it works perfectly. no i appreciate you inviting me on yeah. i'm uh, i'm very happy to be here excellent uh so let's see so usually with uh, a joy kind of tends to she would grill you in all sorts of manner I, I can't explain mm-hmm. myself. I think it's a little unseemly to expect me to. Well, and I and and I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I I think that uh, the majority of our listeners know who you. Don't are. show me any special treatment. Treat me like <laughs> treat me like your French girls. What do you want to know? We've got a number of things here on the uh, on the document that we could talk about. Really, yeah, yeah there's some goodies. Oh, but, oh, I just wanted to mention, by the way, Merlin, I'm in Cincinnati, so don't hate <gasps> me. What for part? That. Can I ask? Is it okay to ask what part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're near Kings Island. I love Kings Island. I like when I was a kid, you know what? Hot take, controversial POV. When I was a youngster, I liked Kings Island better than Disney World. We call it Redneck Disney World, which is not kind or nice, but true, but not nice. Wow. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm talking about my people here. <laughs> well, it's me too. I Cincinnati was a fun place to grow up in the 70s if you're white. It was, um, it was, it, it was, I was very happy. Um, yeah. I mean, I had a you know weird childhood like anybody, but it was a good place to grow up. It's nice yeah. to reconnect with people who are who are from around there. And I'm so you're you're old enough to have a twenty 
one-year-old person? Yeah, that's right. So you're old, you're old too. Yes, but I had, I did not grow up. But I did not grow up here. I did not you're, grow up here, though. Oh, okay. Never mind. I was going to reminisce with you. You you just dodged a bullet, my friend. I've lived here for 19 years, so it's long enough. But no, yeah, no, we you wouldn't ever run into Travis McElroy. You ever see him? <laughs> yes, he's just yes. around all the it's time. It's been a while, though. It's been a while, though, because he moved. He he moved around a few times, but yeah, the McElroys have a, have a connection here. It's pretty great. Well, yeah, when they talk about Kings Island, it gives me a boner. Yeah. <laughs> They've torn down a lot of rides. You know, Justin Justin got a credit card one time to get a baseball hat, and that was at a Reds game, I believe. <laughs> you were so you were here for the you probably lived here for the infamous wildlife murder. Um not murder. An animal murdered someone, but I was there for the big red machine. I was there, I was in seventy five and seventy six. That was a very exciting time. Yeah, yeah. I was there, my aunt and uncle were at the Beverly Hills Supper Club the night of the fire. Oh yes, that's probably way before your time. Uh, my my, uh, their sons, my two cousins, were at the Who concert. Oh, bad, yes. Mm-hmm. And one time, Bob Trumpy drove me and my mom to Riverfront Stadium, and I got introduced to the 1979 Dodgers. Nice, I know Trumpy. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sweating it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Internet content. Here we go. Let's go. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Let's do this thing. Come on. All right. <clears throat> go on now. I, this is going to be difficult for me, though I like the topic, is name a movie that everyone loves that you hate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you did this right. to yourself, Merlin. <laughs> I know. But it's not... I, okay. I, I think The Breakfast Club may be pretty overrated, even as a John Hughes movie, let alone as a movie movie. And I, I, I will be happy to provide my reasons. I'm glad other people enjoy it. I would Hakuna Matata. I don't begrudge anybody. You know what I'm saying? As long as it's consensual, enjoy your terrible movie. Like, that's fine. I just, I was in, I want to say, my senior year of uh, high school when that came out. And I liked it at the time. I, I like when he does the fist pump and everything. But I don't know. I think people ascribe levels of depth and importance to that movie that it's not on the screen. I don't think I can remember seeing it but once, so I don't... It's no Ferris Bueller. No. I would say that Ferris Bueller is not a perfect movie, but it's darn near close. It might be a perfect John Hughes movie. It's one of the least problematic. Yes. Yes. I've been told I'm not supposed to like it when Ed Rooney says, so that's how it is in their family, but I still think it's funny. (laughs) We watched with our kids, and they thought it was funny, so that's pretty good for a movie. Uh, We watch it probably once a month. It's one of those movies that's... I've, I've I've talked about this with regard to Pixar movies, where I'll forget how much I like a particular movie until it's on, and then like, oh yeah, oh yeah, like, put on Wally anytime. I'd watch Wally on the can. Never had one listen. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's amazing that you said how much it comes to you. You're just like, I guess that movie's really in me. Nine times, nine. nine, nine, nine. nine. You shouldn't be throwing anybody. Oh, oh, oh. One time I was waiting across the street uh, on Mission Street. Um, near the movie theater downtown here in San Francisco. And I was waiting at a crosswalk and I look over and there standing right next to me is Ed Rooney. And, um, and this is after he'd had his, his trouble. Problematic. And yeah. 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 But I mean, I mean, come on. The guy was in Amadeus. The guy was yes. in Deadwood. The guy's too many like, notes. Yes. Uh, too many notes. It's too many notes. And so I had, uh, uh, one of my classic celebrity interactions. And by the way, I'm extremely good at this. I turned to him and I said, Hey, um, I really enjoy your work, especially recently. I love what you do in Deadwood. And he kind of went, ah, oh, thanks. He seemed really, really, <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was going to get yelled at probably. Well, probably in San Francisco. Oh. We hiss at everything. We hiss at a traffic light here. <laughs> Everything's problematic in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, poor Ed. He was so traumatized. Like, Oh, that's oh. Huh. Okay. <laughs> you, but then another one. thing um i you know i there there are those like that i mean i'm really basic a lot of movies that everybody likes i also like and then on the other the, the thing i'm more familiar with is the movie that pretty much only i seem to like and everybody else hates which has made me very suspicious of reviews and ratings but yeah i mean I, I, I'm fine getting dragged for this. I just think, I think people, it's one of those movies, like somebody mentioned this about Clash of the Titans a couple mm-hmm. nights ago saying like, I, you know, 
which now I've been tempted to show my kid. The original, right? Yes, with with uh, with uh, Sir Lawrence and uh, Mr. Hamlin. And because we watch Veronica Mars fourteen episodes a night, I was I was tempted to say, "Hey, you want to see a cool Perseus?" And this person was like, "When I was eleven, Clash of the Titans was my favorite movie. It is extremely bad." <laughs> I can't say that I've seen it since I was 11. It's got and, Ray Harryhausen yeah. animation. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's great. All I remember is gravy coming out of Medusa. Like, as a kid, I just remember, like, what is that, gravy? I, that's all I can remember of the movie. Because <laughs> doesn't you get her head chopped off and something comes out of her? Oh, gosh, I, I don't remember. even want to remember that. But, you know, that's the thing, though, is there are, there. well, this is, to me, especially true of so many movies from the 80s, is that, first of all, it's not as good probably as you remember and it's way more screwed up than you remember you mean dark or just well i mean for example um let's go back to the master um i loved 16 candles but no way am i going to show my kid that let alone me like yeah like it's basically like you're trying to show off a girl's panties in the bathroom and you Mm -hmm. drugged her and like yeah no basically you know yeah automobile Is that is that the movie that has long duck dong? Is that that's what I'm saying? Remember what happened to my dong dong? What happened to my automobile? Uh, automobile. <laughs> Boy, that was really racist. Do you guys have movies like this? Are there are you you boys, you team, you bastards? Are there movies like this that everybody else likes that you're not so crazy about? My the one that comes to mind for me, and as as it comes out of my mouth, I'm sure it's probably not as as a hot take as as I might think it is, but Pulp Fiction. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you like his any of his other movies? Um, not, actually, not, your, not your tempo. Yeah, I mean, you know, I appreciate them, but I don't necessarily like them. So, um, you ever seen Inglorious Bastards? Now, no, because I was so put off by the earlier work. Inglorious Bastards is well, I don't want to oversell it, but so I'll just say I think, I think it's, it's great. quite good. Okay, I liked it a lot. I like his newer stuff more than his older stuff, but that's also because maybe I wasn't in the right personal space yeah. when i saw his early stuff absolutely that happens uh, happens a lot too like, oh it happens to me all the time and it happened like two months ago or whenever mrs america came out on hulu and i was really excited to see it because i'm a huge fan of like just that whole cast basically and i, I popped it on and i was like mm, all right it's kind of cute a little bit walk hard but then my my uh, lady friend watched it and she's like no you should try it again it's really good and i the whole family loved it so, you know, like, it's wrong state of mind, wrong night, wrong mood, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. But, no, I think that's okay. Is it, do you, can you uh, pinpoint what it is about Pulp Fiction that you're not crazy about? Uh, it, it, it just, to me, it just tries too hard. And I think it's more mm. just, it's more that just t- Tarantino just tries too hard, or at least in those, you know, those first sure. few movies. Because while I like Reservoir Dogs much better then Pulp Fiction is still not one of my favorite films. It's kind of like every, a lot of those early movies, it's kind of just one big set piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of homage, just a whole lot of homage. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a tryhard when it comes to showing off, you know, the references. But Yes. Yeah, I, uh, I like anybody who loves movies a lot, so... But I, I, you know, I'm going to say Inglorious Bastards. Just give it a, give it a throw. Okay. You know, uh, can, you can know. I ask you this? I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. At least make it through... I'm just going to say the first part, and you'll know what the first part is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that first part's brilliant. There are YouTube videos out there that you should not watch first, but that just go through what's happening in that first part. And I, I think it's, uh, I think I was on a, sh- yeah, I was on a podcast with Todd Viziri about about this because we're both big fans of it. But that would be uh, that would be my suggestion. Okay. I, I feel you. I feel okay. you. Well, my, the, the street going out in front of my house has a lot of potholes in it and trucks just tend to dump all sorts of things off. So we'll just see what comes out. Oh. Well. Yeah. Yep. 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 Location, location, location. Uh-huh. That's what they yeah. say. Yeah. 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 Do you guys know about Just Watch? No. What is Just Watch? I like Just Watch so much. I've made it a launch bar saved search. Watch. Go to Just Watch and enter in the name of what you want, and it will tell you where it's available to buy or stay. Oh, nice. This is fantastic. This is great news. I think in a similar way to how Amazon, for better or for worse, became where we point everybody as the canonical product page, Mm -hmm. if you want to share a movie suggestion with somebody, sending a Just Watch link is a nice way to do it. man. This is great. And you can go in, you get an account, and then you can go in and select which services you have, and it'll kind of highlight those. Oh, that's even better. 
Oh, apparently this is not available on Quibi. How odd. Hmm. Oh, boy. No, <laughs> no it's, it's, not not yeah, Quibi. it's not It's not a five-minute version. Okay. Okay. Oh, Quibs. The only cool thing about Quibi, because I did the trial, yeah. was how the... It's made for mobile phones. How it orients based on how you're holding your phone. Very so fair. the shot will be tall, and you'll be able to see everything fine in, in, in portrait. And if you turn it landscape, it will readjust and show so everything shot it both way. ways. Wow. It, it is. I was, I found that very impressive. Uh, and I like the golden arm episode. Yeah. But that's, uh, it was, that was an easy cancel for me. Yeah. Other than that, I'm not sure what, what, are, what I mean, like, I know, I know they're coming along with this, but I've said since the, since the beginning of this, a running bit for me on Twitter is that trying to imagine if George Costanza was basically pitching Quibi to, to a board and, and it would be, you know, remember like when they're having the meeting with Warren Littlefield and he's, he's all like, you know, no, nothing happens. Nothing happens. And I imagine him going and you can't watch it on TV. You can't take a screenshot. <laughs> can, well, can something be 12 minutes long? No, no 10 minutes no, long. No. Can't watch it on TV. Don't share it. It's like, I mean, if you, you would have to try so hard to make something this difficult to love. <laughs> Please don't love us. <laughs> okay. So Paul, do you have one? Mom, Paul, cough it up. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of one. I'm looking at the the IMDb because obviously they're top rated or what people love clearly. And I'm looking through, and there's a lot of movies I haven't seen, which is probably a problem. But the one that's up there high on the list that's a recent movie that I absolutely hated that I know a lot of people liked is Three Billboards Outside. Blah 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 blah. Missouri. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Interesting. Have not seen that yet. We're in the middle. Uh, as I left the house just now. Um, my wife and daughter are watching Matchstick Men, which is a really good movie with uh, Sam Rockwell and, and Nicolas Cage, because we are right in the middle of a super deep dive on Sam Rockwell, because my daughter's obsessed with Sam Rockwell. Right huh. now. Okay. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, and so I was going to buy that because it got lots of plaudits. Now, mm-hmm. can you pinpoint what you did not like about the billboards? It's got Frances McDormand. She's very good. There's all the right people in it. Yeah, I just there's just some really odd beats to it. Is it is it does it feel Oscar baity? It kind of from the outside it looks like one of those. This was made for nomination. Definitely that, and there's definitely things that it, it just feels real incongruous. There's a lot of things that characters say or do that I'm like, who in the hell would ever say that? Like that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It was hard. It yeah. was hard for me to root for anyone, and I know maybe that wasn't the point, but you're supposed to root for Frances McDormand's character, but overall, I'm like, she sucks. <laughs> That's the way I felt. Well, I might have been in the wrong place. You know, Right now, I'm con- I'll consume anything, probably. But This is something that um, recently retired film critic Tim Goodman used to say a lot on the TV podcast he used to do with Jason Snell, and he was just, I mean, very blunt to the point of almost brutal about it, which is like, this is a different time. The phrase they used, it's like a bit on the show, was times of confusion. You know, platinum age, times of confusion. It's like, you know, and if you're, in his case, a film critic at the time, or uh, sorry, TV critic at the time, you, you, if we got another Parks and Rec, for example, as much as that is probably the single greatest piece of comfort viewing I have, Correct. well, the first part of that first season does not slap. It, it doesn't, Pachitis is good, but it doesn't really come to life until um until the, the 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 guys show up yeah until the end of season two with 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 chris and and ben showing up that's season two Ugh. yeah it's the end of season two but they made leslie so shrill and it's like nowadays you can't you would not have that long to get your legs under you with a show and if you don't nail it in the first three or four ep- i mean i'm sorry to say this but this is the reality is there's so much stuff I for sure know I want to watch right now. There's so much stuff I will watch, including lots of teppanyaki cooking videos on YouTube. Th- those are things that I would be happier to watch than to get through, oh, stick with Buffy through 11 seasons. I swear it gets good. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, Jason Snell. <laughs> At least the first season of Parks was like seven episodes, maybe. It was short. It was real short. I don't know why. I guess it was... I have done something. I've done something that makes me feel extremely disloyal. I don't know why everything always reminds me of, of Seinfeld, but I feel very disloyal right now because I've capitulated to listening to a podcast that's only available on Spotify. <gasps> so don't know. I know you can't hate me as much as I hate myself. I was going to say, is it Rob Lowe's? Is it literally? Uh, I couldn't get into that. I wanted to, but I couldn't get into it. Um, no, it's, um, it's, it's called an oral history of the office. 
And oh. it's hosted by the guy who played Kevin, who doesn't sound anything like Kevin. No, he doesn't. And it's got everybody in it. Really? And it, yeah, if you know the history of that show, like it was, I'll just sit around the night and watch Paley Center interviews with them on YouTube. They're so, uh, they're it's so fantastic to watch those. It just buoys me. But yeah, yeah, it's, and it's like the like uh, the, the they were on the bubble like almost all the time for the longest time yeah. until they got huge. And uh, anyway, if you're willing to be a scab like me and use <laughs> Spotify to listen to a podcast, it's um it's really really good. Well, I mean, the numbers for this show on Spotify are through the roof. So, oh yeah, you know, I I, I assume that ours are, but nobody ever gives us any reported numbers about it. So I assume it's up to eleven people. Yeah, just a full zero. <laughs> does uh, does Michael Schur show up yet? Oh yeah, not as early as I'd like. He comes in, I think, at the beginning of episode three because I'm obsessed with that guy. And uh, no, it's mostly Greg Daniels at the beginning. I think Schur is the through line of all great sitcoms, recent sitcoms. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when I talk about the Paley Center interviews? Yes, if correct. you go on YouTube, yes. you'll find probably three to five. Battlestar had a good one. Years. Parks and Rec has a good one. Well, Parks and Rec has like four of these. Yeah, like at different times, and some are better than others. But you know, it's it's so great. And you realize like how generous Mike Schur is. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, he always goes out of his way. Two things I notice him saying in almost every interview about Parks and Rec. One is that how, how great Chris Traeger was, or sorry, how great Rob Lowe was at improvising, <laughs> especially the stop pooping scene and always going out of his way to say how mad he is at Chris Pratt for ad libbing the thing yes. where I put your I put your symptoms into this browser and it says you might have connectivity problems, <laughs> which is just so great. What a great! He's like I in a million years. Uh, and then when he wrote that lovely article about Carl Reiner, also saying he's still jealous to this day that somebody else wrote the short, line that made Carl Reiner laugh. <laughs> did he ad lib the uh, the short? He the line that he short, got uh, the line he got they gave him the line of middle third. And he started laughing. And then then they said, you know, on on Parks and Rec, they call it a fun run. They say, they say, okay, would you want to improvise? And his eyes lit up and he just ran with it. Good looking guy. Good good looking young, thin guy. (laughs) Short man. Squat. Sutured the hell out of him. They sutured the hell out of him. Sutured the hell out of him. (laughs) What a great line reading. I have a... I'm going to read you something that I tweeted because I think it might be one of the smartest things I, I, I ever said. Uh, and uh, I think only you guys can probably appreciate it. This is called a unified field theory of the Mike Shura verse. Oh, okay. Okay. And there's going to be four bullets here. Okay. The office. Can I be loved? Parks and rec. Can I be useful? Brooklyn nine, nine. Can I be respected? The good place. Can I be redeemed? Oh, oh God, shit. I, I've never gotten any response about this, but uh, it's like every shit. show has an arc about uh, <laughs> yeah. so stupid. The human quest for relevance. No, that's amazing. Don't... Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're all, they're all exactly right, but I do feel like they that... feel good. I mean, think about think about Michael Scarn. Like how much <laughs> the way Michael Scott, he just it's so important to remember the one line of like, you know. Would you rather be loved or feared? Well, you know, I want to be both. <laughs> but anyhow. All right. Well, even sorry, Jake talk. Peralta even, is, he just wants the respect of Holt. Oh, absolutely. And think about Amy. How much Amy, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, Amy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. Damn. Mm. Oh, I love his stuff so much. He's so, yeah. you know, Moe's running. I, on my deathbed, <laughs> I just want a loop of Moe's running. Or Moe's with the, with the baby Bjorn saying, welcome, children. Okay. It's just It just makes me so happy. Well, the one thing that I think I believe about Sure is that he, at his heart, his his sitcoms are kind people. Like, none of them are absolutely irredeemable, awful people, like Seinfeld, or even Arrested Development, where most of them are just terrible, terrible people. Very funny, but... Yeah, you, you can really ascribe... Some of the success of the shows he's co-produced and co-written or showrun or whatever. I think in the case especially of Parks and Rec and very much The Office, I mean, that's on the page. That is, he has said as much with with Parks and Rec, it was very important to figure out what they were going to do with Leslie. And until they figured out what they were going to do with Leslie, the show didn't really have its center. But maybe even more importantly, to come back for that second season of The Office, which they barely, barely, barely got. 
Like, um, so Steve Carell had lost some weight. He'd had sex with the 40 year old version version. And basically he had a mandate of like, we need to soften this. There needs to be some moment in each episode where, where Michael gets a moment. So you get something like the, we're not the Dundies. Is it the Dundies? No, the one, not the Dundies I'm thinking of that. That one is great for exactly that reason. But the one I'm thinking of is office Olympics. Oh yes. Where he's crying. He bought the house. And he doesn't know that there's been Office Olympics. All he knows is that someone wants to give him a medal, and he yeah. thinks it's because he bought a house. And then the, <laughs> the doves fly by, and it's it's so perfect. Sorry, you got me talking about something I love. No, I, I, I'm i obsessed with Shirt as well, because I, I wrote that in the notes, that I keep going back to comfort shows, which are all Mike Shirt shows, oddly enough, yeah. except for IT Crowd, which is neither here nor there. But. I gotta watch that someday. I like that cast so much. I love, um, what, I love the guy, the Irish guy from Irish guy from Bridesmaids. I love that guy. Why is his name? His name is escaping me. It's O'Dowd, Chris O'Dowd. Yes. All I could think of was Richard Iowade because that's who I'm happen to be watching a ton of right now. And isn't isn't um, Chris the guy from Brass Eye? Isn't he on there for a while? Uh, yeah. And you have what's uh, his name? Uh, uh, what's his name? Chris uh, Morris. Matt Barry, Matthew Barry also. Oh, Matt Barry's on there? Yes. Yes, I hear you, Clem Fandango. No, um, Chris Morris <laughs> is that guy who did... You've Bra- watched that show? You've watched that show? <laughs> yes, No I one's watched you. that show. Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. <laughs> if you need a fast laugh tonight, pull up the compilation on YouTube oh. of Yes, I Can Hear You, Clem Fandango. <laughs> do, you need, do you need the line? It's just the word, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Try it again. Yes. Did you ever see the Portlandia that oh. he was on as the children's performer? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Oh, it's Matthew so Berry's good. great. Yeah, he's an IT crowd. He's pretty brilliant in it. Obviously, uh, Chris Morris did did this did some satire uh, back in the day, especially the show called Brass Eye. That's a little bit hard to find, but he was on the Day Today, um, and he was on Brass Eye. Brass Eye is paint peelingly dark and funny. It's. <laughs> A fake like news documentary, British news documentary show, and it's really, really good. Highly recommended. Put it in notes. Wait, where mm, would people it. find uh, notes for uh, this episode? Uh, well, let's see. It would end up being Uncle Weepy dot show slash one eighteen. One eighteen. One eighteen. I keep thinking about getting BritBox just because there's so many British shows I love. Hello, hello, hello. I'm in your box then. Cancel your acorn. So, speaking of British shows, there's one that I'm obsessed with. It's not a sitcom. It's been on for like 20 years. It's called Grand Designs, and I can't stop watching it. You have been selling me on this forever, and I have never tried to... Basically, it's they go around in Europe, mostly in, in England, some Ireland, some Scotland. It's just it's people who want to build a house, and they have crazy dreams and ideas about how to do it. And some of the houses oh, are wow. unfun. Okay, I will definitely check this out. Do you, did you start at the beginning? Uh. You have to find them. Netflix only has two seasons, but um, it's been on since '99, I believe. Or okay, and it's it's just comforting and great. And there's some amazing architecture, and it just makes me—I <laughs> don't want to say hate America, but yeah. we're so we're so boring with our approach to building. We're like, make it square, pitch room yeah. done. I'm like what? Come on. <laughs> yes, you can have this shoebox with one bedrooms or two bedrooms. Like the one, per, one, okay, so just for an example, this one couple wanted to live in London, and the only land they could find was in the middle of the backyards of people. It was like this empty, desolate lot of junk that had a little alleyway to get to it. And they're going to, so that what they do, what they do basically is dig out and dig down. Oh my. And build a house. That sounds amazing. It's a great show. So one thing that 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 uh, I watched with my boys a couple of days ago, going back to kind of like some of the stuff that didn't age well or does age well or what, we watched yeah. Airplane. <laughs> and oh, everybody loved it. Everybody so loved aged it. well. Yeah, it at that yeah. I mean, because yeah. it was it was it was in that pre age of it. Just yeah, you know, it was right there on the edge but it didn't get into the wow that just did not age well yeah it it it's good it's it was fantastic angie tribeca if oh angie want- tribeca is fantastic mm-hmm. no one likes it no one likes it you kidding me me and my kid are obsessed with hoffman is on our pet list name i mean my <sighs> dad was the one that turned me on to angie tribeca that was- i think it's great i love, so I love that actress i love ann perkins ann perkins i love her so ann much perkins. 
You beautiful wallflower. I, you know, I go, I, I debate myself a little bit about stuff like airplane, and this is do that on your own time, please. <laughs> but I, I, um, you do that. I don't. What are you talking about? You're the one. You brought me here. Um, the, uh, I mean, it is really. It's so hard sometimes to figure out. Like, is this hurtful, <laughs> or is this sending up? Like, why we're how we are. So, in the case of Thirty Rock. Like, mm. I do really feel like they're sending up stupidity a mm-hmm. lot of the time. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry there's a blackface thing they felt like they had to take out. But yeah. I don't think they're doing that to make a statement about black people. I'm sorry to say, I think they're showing how, how callow Jenna would be to agree to appear in blackface. And if you loved the show, you would get that. And in the show, they're like, don't, you can't do this. You should not be doing this. They don't, like, praise it. You know, Tracy Morgan does whiteface. So. <laughs> but, like, you know, the, the talking jive and stuff like that probably mm-hmm. hasn't aged very well. But the wordplay and the puns yeah. and the dumb visual bits are just so Yeah, fun. I mean, it's not perfect. But, yeah, I mean, for, you know, for the most part. But the, the thing I the thing that I love is that you know bits and pieces of it stuck so where you know oh, oh 100% pick the wrong week to stop sniffing glue it's after 6 well, I'm not a farmer oh I'm sorry I was talking I was talking about are you talking about airplane or yeah no the, airplane oh, oh, I'm, I'm talking about, talking about airplane oh, but uh but yeah you know my my 7 year old you know will say like oh gosh the uh you know the this thing keeps happening and then he'll jump in and go and Leon's getting larger, <laughs> larger. <laughs> <laughs> there's a sale at pennies yeah. But, you know, the thing that you can't appreciate now, and boy, my daughter loves when I pause the movie to give her social, <laughs> cultural context. She loves it. Oh, my son does, too. My son does, too. You God. cannot be a young person today and appreciate how bananas it was to see in that movie Lloyd Bridges, Leslie Nielsen, Peter Graves. Guys, these are not guys. These are very, these usually, I mean... How often Kareem Abdul-Jabbar like, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> our, our best of actors, Victor Vector. There was um, I a, about a month ago. I saw a couple of different really good documentary pieces. I'll have to go find them on YouTube. There was a really good one on Leslie Nielsen and his rise to becoming the ridiculous person that he eventually became. But it but it went through all of his right. That's his, a big pivot. Oh man, it was yeah. it was fascinating because he was often like I don't know what like a bad guy in Columbus. Yeah, he was either a bad you know? guy or try. He was really really trying to be that sexy leading man in the sixties and seventies. It's blotted and, out my memory of his previous career. Where like now yeah. all I know is Frank Drebin. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah that that one and there was a and there was just a well three of them that I watched. Uh, Leslie Nielsen, there was just a great one on John Candy and a heartbreaking one on Chris Farley. And yeah. That sucks. Way to bring the room down. They were very, very good. I yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> My comfort viewing does involve a lot of parks and rec. We watch a mm-hmm. lot I beg your pardon. We do watch a lot of NBC comedies, uh, because mm-hmm. those are just this goes down easy. We all love especially the first couple seasons of Veronica Mars right now. Um uh, we, my daughter watches Jojo Rabbit three times a week, but mm-hmm. honestly, for me, like wow, YouTube, YouTube, Jojo wow. Rabbit, hmm. that gets yeah, dark. <laughs> what are you talking about, dark? Well, the last part's a little sad. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm or does pretty, she just watch the first I'm part? pretty sure it's not paper; it's paper like. So, okay, my my oldest son has been wanting to watch Jojo Rabbit. I think our kids are about the same age, so it's very. The ending is very sad. Okay, well, but I mean, but I mean, obviously, you know decent enough to 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 watch right um i don't want to spoil it for you no don't spoil but but i mean you know if i'm going to show it to a soon to be 13 year old kid you need to watch it first um for sure because i can just say like knowing that different kids are scared by different things like some kids could watch a body be disemboweled but don't like a scary don't like scary music you know what i mean it's like I would definitely, the way things kind of close the second act is, yeah, okay. something. Okay. It's but uh, Sam Rockwell's great in it. And uh, and uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Theon Greyjoy. He's great in it, too. Oh, yeah. Everybody's great. What a great cat. Taika Waititi. Woof. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> As Hitler. <laughs> Jumping out windows. Oh. <laughs> it's a oh, good Oh, God. He's, everything he does is such a delight. Did you watch uh, any of the Mandal- Mandalorian stuff? I wish that they had more. They did these Mandalorian back behind the scene kind of things that are they're all right, but I wish there was more Tycoon. 
great. I love him. He's so gifted. And you know, Ragnarok still bangs. What a great movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I will still never forgive them for showing the reveal of what happens in the big stadium in the trailers. That's unconscionable that they gave that away. Oh, yeah. Where, where Hulk comes in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a work friend. Oh. But what I can, what I can recommend to everybody that no one will like except me is Japanese chef teppanyaki videos. You go on YouTube and you watch a man cook a steak. I, I, I already Googled it. Oh, I got the one for you. I got the exact one to start with, which I've watched. I watch a couple times a week. Okay. Okay. And you're, you know, you're going to know this is a classic Merlin recommendation. You're going to know very quickly whether this is right for you. Uh, okay. You may want to call some kind of state authority to have me picked up for how much I love this. Okay. You're going to go to YouTube and you are going to search for, now I'm not here for the Wagyu beef. I'm here for the technique. Have you ever been to, uh, have you ever been to Benihana? Yeah. It's Benihana okay. basically. Okay. Except it's not as like jokey and fake flashy. It's not a Jeremy Jam situation. <laughs> you're in Tokyo. You go out to lunch. You get one of these steaks and, uh, is, I think you're thinking of Yakitori. That's the, on the, yes, that's yours. right. That's you're going to look for, uh, Olive, like little green thing. Olive Wagyu in Japan, the rarest steak in the world. Oh yeah, Wagyu. Huh? But I'm telling you, it's not about it's not about the Wagyu. It's about watching how this guy operates. You know that phrase, competence porn, where you just want to watch somebody be good at their job. Yeah, that's this. It's like watching Adam Savage, isn't it? Oh man, I mean, I'm already looking at the at the thumbnail and look at that thing. Oh. If you're if you're sensitive to animal violence, I would not watch any of the ones where they cook a live lobster. Just... Oh, I I grew up I grew up a farmer boy, so I've I've seen some shit. <laughs> I don't know if it was Japanese, but someone made these eggs, and they were unbelievable. How we like kept folding them into this perfect. Oh yeah, the sushi, uh, the tamago, the sushi. Yeah, just the way he yeah. cooked them, it was like this big pan, Ooh. and he kept folding it over and over, and it just oh cool, this perfect square at the end. I it's have like, worked oh. so long to try to perfect that, and it is so hard to do, so hard to do. How to how a master sushi chef creates the perfect Japanese omelet? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just just paper thin egg folding over and over and over and over and I want to know how to do that so badly. It's the phyllo dough of eggs or something. Yeah, it is. It yeah. absolutely yeah. is. It absolutely is. Well, we're we're running through this. We're really getting through a lot here. What else? What else do we have? What else do we have on the agenda? Forward <laughs> <laughs> talking. Well, you know, I mean, if if anything else, like I really wanted to try to make sure that this show was the antithesis of most of the guest host for Merlin Man. You know, not really grilling you about a whole bunch of stuff, but you know, just just kind of what's what's on what's on his mind. No, no, that's we can we can record as long as you want. I was just trying to get us out of the morass of steak man. <laughs> you guys should watch this video. What, what's he do? He cooks a steak. We have okay. been in worse. <laughs> we have been in worse. So, I mean, I mean, if you look at the document, I mean, bullet point number one is I have spent way too much time watching Adam Savage videos while having drinks at night. And now I have all these tools that I don't know. Just how watch to and use. test it all day, huh? Yes. That, again, it goes back to watching someone and master at their yes, craft. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, then, and then I end up with digital calipers. What am I going to do with digital calipers? But I've got it's them. It's there if you need it. It's there. If you, did you get a good toolbox to put it all Not in? Not yet. No. No. Well, I uh, already had a decent toolbox, but it's more okay. I need some tools to put in the toolbox. And so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds like fun. I should check that out. Did you get his book? You should get his. You should get his book. I I do. I just haven't read it yet. I meant to actually read it a couple of weeks ago while I was at camp, and it just didn't work out that way. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, um, uh, the the two the two things my oldest son and I have been doing at at night uh, for wind down time is watching Adam Savage one day builds, and then we have gotten to watching uh, Richard Iowate. And Gadget Man, which is a Channel Four show, uh, and they have full episodes on YouTube, and that's you know, I mean, that's a delight because Richard Ayoade is yeah. is fantastic, and then he is going through different scenarios and figuring out how various gadgets would make life easier. So there's camping or fixing your house or hmm. cooking or different things, and so he just comes, he shows all of these super ridiculous gadgets or sometimes not so ridiculous and completely awesome gadgets that 
uh, you know, make make life better doing that task, and it's pretty good. That's awesome. Oh yeah, it's it's very good. Gadget. I, I have respect for Alton Brown, but I think the whole his cult gets a little bit obsessed about the whole like never buy a unitasker thing. It's like, well, if it's a unitasker that's extremely good at what that unitask is, mm-hmm. maybe I, maybe I haven't watched enough of his show. But I'm just so tired of people quoting that. But, you know, it's like okay, all right, I get it. All you, you know, need like, is a knife. Well, <laughs> but it's like it's like people who are like uh, you know Fight Club man things you own start owning you. It's like mm. do you really understand the movie because I don't think you do. Um, <laughs> but like that's the thing though is like I recently we talked about this on another show I do recently, but I recently have been um, trying to get a little more organized at my office, but also trying to get rid of a ton of old kitchen gadgets nobody nobody ever uses mm. it's like the way you like accumulate power bricks because you have this loss aversion even though you don't know what it's for and we have all this junk and it's all pointy and it's always cutting me and stabbing me and mm-hmm. i've been replacing it with mostly oxo uh products that mm. are far superior to what we had before and in the same way you, you talk about having a knife like a sharp knife is amazing it's it's like women women who live their whole life never having the right size bra if you've never had the right knife for a situation you're not gonna believe what you've been missing yeah and that can that can be equally true for opening a can or flipping a bacon with the right ergonomic tongs it just feels so good yeah that's what bourdain always said was like a knife is is your best friend if you're at all a cook or in the kitchen which I wish I had a good knife. I don't. He he immediately brought me back to the corner cabinet in the kitchen, which is just this dang bread maker. Well, no, no, no bread maker. <laughs> we got we at least got rid of that along. We time had a ago, pasta but- maker, bread maker, coffee roaster, uh, Instapot. We had to buy a cart to put our appliances on because we live in a hovel. And it sucks so much. Like only the instant pot gets like the most favored nations status under the kitchen island, but all the other stuff, the Darth Vader toaster that seemed like a good Christmas <laughs> gift for some reason, all that stuff like gets wheeled away in the closet where it can just haunt my dreams. Instant pot and air fryer; those are really the only two things that get used. Does that work? I the, well, it does. I mean, I don't understand how it's frying if it's air. Well, it's it, it's it's mostly just a really super hot convection oven so you really oh you just get a crisp on it yeah i mean it's it's really just a crisper and so if you're putting frozen things in that already had been cooked in oil then yeah it's going to get a little more of a fry but otherwise no it's just kind of uh so the the air fryer quote quote is maybe a little bit of a misnomer unless what you have in it has previously been fried. I don't think our house is zoned for that kind of appliance. <laughs> we can barely run our sous vide. The the lights pulse when we when I sous vide. Mm-hmm. It, it takes. There's a lot of wattage. I mean, there. You know, you you have to. Yeah, you got to get a passport. You know, oh yeah. The, yep. Yep. Change of currency. World. Yep. <laughs> it's rough. But yeah, those those are really the the two things. But I'm thinking of like case of DM makers and all sorts of Whoa. bullshit down in the corner that. There was, I mean, I've, I've acquired a lot of that over time thinking it would make my life better. Instead, it almost invariably makes me sad, whether that's the hot dog cooking apparatus or whether that's the make all of your breakfast in this one Pee Wee Herman device. Like all that stuff is like, well, no, it's going to be crappy toast and crappy Canadian bacon and crappy Mm -hmm. eggs. It's all just going to be this, this crappy version of now what you want to really do is get a George Foreman grill and you keep that by your bed. So you can wake up to the smell of frying bacon. That's, that almost, that almost sounds, that's about 75% my dad right did there. You ever, did you ever own a George Foreman grill? Good Lord, yes. My my dad my dad still has three. <laughs> Isn't it a panini, basically? Uh, well, no, imagine, it, imagine a panini uh, on a San Francisco hill, because guess what? There's a little grease catcher that's not attached. It's not attached. Also, it's like the Tracy Jordan meat machine. <laughs> it's exactly. <laughs> Or the cornholer. <laughs> <laughs> this stupid cornhole piece of shit. <laughs> I'm not sure what I was expecting. <laughs> but where did the lighter fluid come from? You didn't eat that, did you? <laughs> the uh, the the breakfast machine. That was. Uh, I, I'm guessing you're probably talking about the Roly, right? 
Oh no. Oh, well, there's that too. That, that went out in the trash months ago, but no, no, it's one of those things where like you basically make an egg muffin and it's, it's really tortured. Oh yeah. We've got one of those. And I love an egg muffin. If I can have an egg muffin every morning, I would. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's such a mess, but yes, no, the, uh, gadget man, Richard Iowati had the rolly on one of the episodes Ooh, and I was good. like, it's so upsetting. It's so upsetting. And I was like, Oh, that looks like that probably worked way better than, than what it was on the challenge. The best part is when it makes this noise it sounds like a sexual appliance being removed from a very old man <laughs> oh boy oh boy call the cops oh. children. you're gonna want to rinse that off <laughs> oh god i miss you peepaw <laughs> questions from the internet all right ne- next issue <laughs> all of them all the issues all right serious questions serious questions so mm. yeah all right mm. going going uh with the last few years you know you've you have been a a very public person you know you've been on the internet you talked into a wallet mm-hmm. um and then and then you kind of went away for a while but then now that you have brought back you look nice today california king you guys are doing these videos and so near now you back are publicly visible to say mm-hmm. you know how i mean what uh how are you feeling about that since that was something mm. that you kind of had, had uh, avoided and i mean you know i don't want to pry but um well i mean i don't know if i had a reason for quote unquote avoiding it but i can yeah i can i can answer that i mean you know okay so number one uh the internet's not fun anymore no it's just not and like i don't I mean, I don't post as much of uh, almost anything as I used to. And if I do, it's kind of in this character. And like, the thing is, I used to be much more comfortable putting stuff up on Flickr that I would never in a million years think about doing today. And I not only, it's it's not that I'm necessarily that thin skinned. It's just that I'm so tired of J random reply guy saying like, oh yeah, I had a copy of that book too. Or, you know, I can see the reflection of your social security number in your doll's eyes. Or whatever. And it's like, I, I don't have the evening to spend. To, th- this afternoon, a guy I think was trying to pick a fight with me about why I've watched the TV show Unorthodox three times. It's a great show. It's a great show. And he said, uh, he said, he said, you watch, why, why this, why this show? And I said, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean like, why would I rewatch a TV show? He goes, yeah, like I understand watching something like dark, but like, why would you watch this show three times? And I said the two words or the three words, it's very good. And then, and then, then he kept at it some more. And like, that's, I, when you post something of your face somewhere, you are, as they say on law and order, opening the door to a conversation about who you are in a way that didn't used to be such a big deal. And now everybody's, everybody, it's just, it's become this weird, not even trollish because it's usually a way to try and identify some kind of like, uh, oh, I'm so familiar with your work. Let me point out something creepy about your house. It's like, okay, uh, great. That's. That made me feel really good. I'll sleep fine tonight. <laughs> Let alone just like, oh, you know, oh, sorry, honey, we got to cancel dinner because I have to go argue with anime necktie guy about like, you know, <laughs> why I watched a TV show. Okay. So that's one, one part of it is the risk to reward for sharing very much of yourself on the internet has gone very, very, very far down. And I would even say, as I sit here right now, um, the idea of producing content that is considered viral now versus five versus 10 years ago, or very last thing I would want right now is to be so good at what I do that I go viral. It would, it would destroy me. I would hate it. I would hate it intensely because look at what happens. Like, oh, you make a joke about your SoundCloud. That's very funny. But like when that happens, it's just your life becomes hell. I don't know how many women you follow on Twitter, but like the funnier they are, the shittier people treat oh, them. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I'm so amazed that they can put up with that because I couldn't. And so I try to limit the amount of stuff in which I am openly inviting you to have an opinion about me. Hmm. Um, that's part of it. And the other part of it is that this was worth doing because we wanted to do with the quarantine going on, the COVID times, we wanted to do you look nice today again, but I don't think I'm saying too much here to say that Adam puts an extraordinary amount of work into one of our kind of classic audio episodes, yeah. like a, a shockingly large amount of work. And what we discovered was after a couple like I mean, it only took us two or three, I think, to get it kind of right, was that if we just shot this on Zoom, cut out the part that really sucked, and then if Adam had time, he could do more with it, 
we flip it around in a few hours. Mm-hmm. Like we, we record at 11 and it's, it's out usually by six or seven that night, which is, if you think about that being produced by the person known as lonely sandwich, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah. And like in this latest case, he's really leaned back into the, I don't know what you call it. The whip pan. Like here's, here's okay. Like I mentioned me doing karate. Well, here's a video of me doing karate when I was a kid or like, here's me in this suit or like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's why, uh, why, so why stop? People are terrible. Why start again? It's worth it because this show makes me and a lot of other people very happy. And I'm interested to see where we go with this once we figure this part out, because there's a lot I'd love to do with, let's just say, making videos with these two guys that even in lockdown, I think we could do some pretty great stuff. And, uh, but I, it's, uh, uh, such a highlight of my week to, um, visit with those reprobates. It really, really <laughs> makes me so happy. It's my favorite time I hit post every week these days. I get it. I've, uh, is that, is that a satisfactory non-invasive answer? No, that's, that, no is, that's that is actually a very satisfactory answer. I mean, there's nothing wrong for wanting to do something just because it brings you joy, too. Right. And the fact that you're sharing with everyone else is kind of great. But, but the, the one problem that I'm far from the first person to point this out, but when it comes to stuff like the Internet in general and Twitter in particular, it's not simply that there's very little context. And it's not simply that there's a completely understandable need to not be able to figure out the context setting aside getting to the people who willfully try to misunderstand and misapprehend what you're doing. And I'm not talking about me here. I'm talking about everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like that wonderful drill tweet where those drill saying something like, Hey, everybody immediately stop talking and explain this joke to me. Like I'm a two year old. And that's, that's, you know, people come in, they drive by and they, and they want to like get their little remark in. And that's not fun. Like, who are you pleasing besides yourself with that? So I just, I do not want to be in the content moderation business, let alone the debate me coward business. And it's like, it's just the worst. And I've just seen how much it's, I mean, I'm fortunate. I'm very lucky. I, I'm lucky in a million ways, but like I've seen what's done to my friends, particularly my, you know, female identifying friends. And it's like, it's terrible. It's people are the worst, but I'm very glad we're doing you look nice today. It makes me so happy. And I, I'm, I'm really enjoying how it's turning out. The thing that you're saying about Adam, you know, putting and he does, he puts so much time. But he used to put like a week of effort into an episode. Wow. It makes me laugh because the time that I sat with him 10 years ago, the entire conversation that he and I had was about how lazy he is. <laughs> and yeah, so it, it, yeah, it makes me laugh. Are you guys going in with any prep or are you just all winging it? Um, I can only speak for myself, which is I have a note where I've written down some things to remind myself every time we record, um, like try not to interrupt everybody, <laughs> follow Scott's lead. Um, <laughs> but no, not that I'm aware of. I wouldn't be surprised if Scott comes in knowing at least something because he's, he's just so good at it. And I can't even tell when he's doing bits from his act, but like, you know, very make a wish is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever heard in my life. I'm still, I still sometimes just stop. And I think about the moment where he just giggles a little bit at what he's about to say. And then he says it. <laughs> and then, and then Adam goes, Jesus, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know six oncologists and they all call me sweetie. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I spent a few weeks cleaning up my garbage from the previous Drupal installation to get it all onto Fireside. And that was, for me, one of the best parts was how I, I was very, because I mean, I'm very proud of this show in a way that I'm not that proud of that many things. Well, no, I'm not fishing for compliments. It's just a way to say that I, I very rarely bend over this far to pat myself on the ass. Yeah, I, I mean, I like every, if, if I don't like something that I'm doing, I'm not going to do it. I'll stop doing it. If I don't like it more than you do, there's something wrong. Anybody yeah. else who says otherwise is either a liar or an idiot. I need to like this more than you do because I need, I, this needs to make me laugh before anybody else. And I am my own first fan. And that's ex- to me exactly the way it should be. So, you know, I like a lot of that stuff a lot, but with you look nice in particular, it was really, it sucks because long story short, it was just really hard to get all the keys turned to get everything I needed to do a smooth non-manual transmission. And finally I just said, screw it. I just downloaded every MP3 and like manually recreated mostly everything. I mean, some of it I got out of the XML 
from the the dead feed that I was able to dredge up. But you guys have probably done stuff like this before. Oh, yeah. Where it's, yeah. it's a serious salvage effort to not create double the amount of the original work to try and reproduce. So that was really, for me, it was thrilling to get to do the show again with those guys. But real talk, like I was so happy um, to be able to bring that site back. It's something I'm, I can be proud of the site as, you know, as well as the episodes. Yeah. So that was, that was a treat for me too. Digital archiving. Yeah. I, I did something very, very similar with the show before this. Uh, I moved it to fireside as well. And yeah, did that's a really, it's a really good site. Yeah. Did, did, uh, did pretty much the same thing, but you know, in a way you kind of, you kind of, answered most of the follow-up question was uh you know last week we had a guest where we were talking about uh one of the questions was was who has made more podcasts over the years tim or jeremy and so we kind of went through all of our of lists and um you know you've made a lot of shows as well (laughs) let's not do this let's not do this Probably, probably seven or eight. Well, but I'm not going to make you list them, but just like the the driving force behind them. And I think you you know you you answered a lot of that. Is it like if it's not going to make me laugh, then it's not worth doing. But I mean, yeah, if I'm not doing the show anymore, you can <laughs> guess there's probably some reason. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, I think um, you know the other way that I'll pat myself on the back because I really do feel this feel this way pretty strongly is that I some, something I I sometimes say only to somebody like my wife, but I'll say to you guys, cause you're like my wives yeah, is uh, my sister wives is that my job is not difficult, but I really try hard at it. I, I put, a, I mean like I am, I do the most professional job of mostly poop and pee pee jokes of a lot of the folks you'll meet. And because that's who I want to be. So like, I'm, I, I really work my ass off in a way that nobody should care about. Because it's not it's not like I'm some some dingus with a radio show and there's a staff who takes care of it. Like I I do it, you know. And we get, obviously get editing help. Every show is different. Um, obviously, people like Quinn. Quinn is so amazing at doing Do by Friday. Jim Metzendorf does reconcilable differences. He's the best. But um, my my I mean, the something I'll say hopefully no more than once every two years is I love that my job is manageable and not difficult, and I love that I can still find myself exacting extra benefits by trying really hard at it. And that sounds ridiculous because I should just be going like, Oh, you know, but no, I mean, I'm going to try really hard. I'm going to spend, you would not believe the hours that I spend trying to find the right, like undersea diving bell to put on the show art for you look nice today or, <laughs> or going and like tracking down exactly the right translation of this one dumb thing that only three people could even potentially figure out. It's like, you know, just it's like stuff like that is really important to me because when I'm the person on the receiving end of that, it brings me impossible joy. And to know that there might be somebody out there who gets that um, makes me happy. It reminds me of Fringe. Every time I look at the art, I'm like, there's going to be a secret message in the show. Did you catch the QR code? No, I haven't tried that yet. Hmm. Check out, hit your, hit the, uh, point your, point your phone at the, uh, the poker chip with the QR code. Takes you to our site. Uh Aha. No, don't do it now. Don't do it now. Be professionals. Next issue. We're still on You Look Nice today. What are we doing now? Ah, uh, no, I think I... Uh, hey, hey, what's see, that? Hey. Oh. What's the matter you? Uh, no, it, uh, it, personal note, writing down, I need... I need an editing person because that is the... That is my least favorite part of this show is, is oh, actually you're not, putting You're not together. enjoying the, uh, the it's transcribed sucks. text? No, I don't. No. I mean, even, you know... Actually, hey man, Descript. Descript is fun. Well, oh, and I do, I do use Descript, but the thing is, is that Descript tends to make me stress about it more than if I was mm. still just using Logic because mm, I'm yeah. like, oh man, I really want to nail this because I can. I bet you there's a lot of folks that could help you out right now. I bet there's a lot of folks out there that would love the work. I, I bet there probably are. So, um, if anybody's listening, uh, I would be interested in talking to you because we I always wonder if anybody's listening. I wonder that a lot with everything that I do. Is anybody listening? Yeah, I don't know. If anybody is, there might be uh yeah, I would I would like to talk about uh some some editing. What is even happening? I'm trying to remember from Rectifs. Is it you or is it Syracuse that hates to hear about other people's dreams? Oh, I've gotten over it. Go ahead, sock it to me. Share your very strange dream. Paul, do you feel comfortable enough to speak about your strange dream? Oh yeah, I have the every night I have the strangest dreams. This was what? How many nights ago? This was uh, two nights ago. I, tra- I tramped because uh, I was thinking about today. I was thinking about this interview. 
This was going to be a this was an in person interview for some reason, and to get to the interview, we all had to jump off the side of a mountain and fly down. We just glided down the side of a mountain somehow, uh, and uh, I don't. I mean, we were in some kind of like uh, hall that had a center, you know, in the round sort of speaking, and Cormac McCarthy was there introducing Jeremy to have Jeremy read a Cormac McCarthy poem. I don't know why. That's so cool. <laughs> so, but you were there. But it wasn't you. Um, you didn't look like you. You look. You look like you look like your avatar, which is weird. My brain just went like he's a cartoon. Um, and and for some reason, we went to a restaurant and we ate buffalo, uh, buffalo nuggets. They were called buffalo nuggets. Buff nugs. And and then you're like, well, I got to get back to the yeah, buff, buff nugs. Um, and he's like, I got to get back to the airport. And the way to get to the airport was a log flume. <laughs> Whoa, that's a great dream. And, and then you were like, okay, I got to go. And then you just flew in my flume. I love that. <laughs> oh, man, what a way to get around. I wish we had that here. Right? Oh. It's the people mover of the future, a log flume. <laughs> the well, airborne then, log um, flume. Then I'm going to go ahead and uh, return fire. <clears throat> Last week, I lost the recipe for blankets and for my father. The COVID plants and plant pots are missing, but they still smell. The truth is, we never found the rocks after we moved, plus the rocks and bees dissolve from international disuse and pleurisy. The plywood restroom at the old dream school is dark and still narrated by Ira Flato. Everyone is in my way, and I'm out here trying to save the universe. A sidewalk is a contract, so I sigh, as I do very rhythmic parkour all over your family. One morning, all the people under a certain height just disappeared, and it was the saddest loss. They were so little, and they all loved wearing hats. Is that a Cormac McCarthy poem? <laughs> Actually, you know, I I'm really I'm feeling a lot of Richard Hugo in this, but I would I would I would take McCormick too. <laughs> is that wake up right down? Uh let's see. That is April 15th, 2020 at 7:02 a.m. Mm. Mm, that's so a, do you wake up and write down immediately cuz that's a, I, I don't really do anything do immediately. I if it occurs to me <sighs> I um uh, I don't dream as much as I used to, but when I do it's usually yeah. pretty bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, mine like, are always bonkers. But I'm afraid uh, that I start to misremember them if I don't try to like wake up and kind of say it out loud, not say it out loud. Yeah, yeah. And also something something I go through with my daughter is like she'll tell me her dream and I'll be like, "Mm, are you sure? That really does sound a lot like a story. Not that you didn't dream it, but when what what you're reading here is what my brain spat out as my dream. (laughs) So this is really more like the source code for a dream, which would be a great name for an album. Wow, would that be a good name? I should just title this "Source Code for a Dream." <gasps> it's grand. It's Granddaddy's new album. Um, source code. Wes Anderson movie. But if you, um, but if you, um, if you try too hard to turn it into a story, you crush it. In the same way that if you try yeah. too many times to remember it, it's like you're degrading yes. the image a little each time. Whose doggo is that? That was mine. What One of, of my four. <gasps> <clears throat> we have a Ohio little. Dogs. We have a little Chewini that's three-legged Chewini. You we never have a, said it was three-legged. Know. Yeah, she's got three legs. She got a little chicken leg, a little, little stub. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and then we have another one. His name is Max. He looks exactly like Max from The Grinch. So he's like a small brown oh, dog. Oh, yes. brown Like a hound dog? Yeah, but he's really small. He's like, uh, like the size or? of a cat. Aww. He's like a cat size. He's very small. Okay, number three. And then we have like a weird, I don't even know what he is. His name's Emmett, and he's a uh, brown. He's about. Is he a dog shaped, medium sized dog shaped dog? He's he's a dog shaped dog with a curly tail. Okay, so probably a water dog, some kind of a water dog. Oh, curly as in turns around like a Basenji. Yeah, curly? yeah, correct. Yes, Basenji. There you go. That's the name. He's like a Basenji. Oh, okay. He's got a mix of stuff. You're yes. welcome. Five thousand dollars. <laughs> Hello, I'm Merlin Mann, and tonight I will figure out your dog on tonight's episode of Figure Out Your Dog. Name the dog. It's dog. It brown. Um, and then we have a big dummy called Raya, who is some weird combination of pity and something else. But hmm. she's she's she was left in a cage for a year, so oh, she's no. grown all strange. Oh, God, but we love her. She's a, she's our big doofer. Well, that sounds like a nice family. Who's the one that just barked? Uh, that was probably Emmett because he got in trouble today. Oh, Emmett! Because he went after a cat. He went to he went after one of the cats, so he has to. 
Emmett looks innocent to me. Case closed. He gets they they annoyed him, so he probably got a little mad at him, and, and then he's got to go in little doggy timeout. Oh, you've never told us any of the details about three legged dog or any of those things because they're because they're dogs. Who wants to hear about? I mean, most people don't want to hear because about because we care about you. Three legged dog. Are we gonna do media corner? Or I want to go home. Media corner. It's all media corner. What? I want to leave it all on the tarp, but like we could do a quickie because I, I want to go home and watch TV. And no, I, t- I totally get it. Um, now I feel like it was all media corner, so we can, you know, I mean, we talk. Can so I much can about I can I, can I cover some of these in here that you people have here? Yeah, 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 yeah. My family loves a simple favor, and we've watched it several times. I think that's a very good movie. Yeah, I know nothing about it. No, you now speak your truth, Paul. You didn't like it. I liked it. I felt like it was two different. I think different. Paul Feig is a very editorial director. In the sense that, like, you're either going to, you know, like, like Tarantino, maybe. I think people have strong feelings about, about his stuff. Two different movies. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be, clearly. I understand that it was supposed to be a, 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 a about face. Like, you think it's going to be one thing, and boo! I just felt like it was quite the about face. With, yeah. No, I felt no, like there were I two. Know. I felt like there were one too many gotchas or yeah little little uh, uh twist them ups yeah yeah also you know you're not supposed to do that well i don't want to spoil it for anybody but in the rules of fair play mysteries in the rules of fair play mysteries in addition to no chinaman there is that's actually one of the rules um is that you uh there's one solution that's frequently used that you're not supposed to use because that's cheating yeah like live yes yes yeah yeah so i felt like there was a little bit too many not too many endings or anything that, that there's been plenty of movies to do that, but it just felt like there was one too many turns. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. But it was good. I mean, she was great. Blake Lively was amazing. She was. What did we watch of his recently? I like him. It's, uh, Paul so. Feig, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I just think he's such a delight and he's such a nice, he's so gracious to talk to on the internet. He's a very nice man. Um, and what was the one of his the other night that I forgot was him? Oh, so there was a simple favor. Was there one other? I can't get my kid to watch Freaks and Geeks yet, but I will. Um, let's see. But, you know, I, I mean, like, oh, God, he did a bunch of The Office. Look at that. But um, I think Bridesmaids and Spy are both. Spy is one of those, like, where did this movie come from? My right? God. I like that movie. He knows how to weaponize Melissa McCarthy in the best way. <laughs> and true. to make it so fun for his like hunky heroes. I've never seen a Jason Statham movie before, but yeah. I totally get who he is from oh wait, is, is Jason Statham is he in a, is he in a, one of the fast and funny movies? Is he in might the, be. the car movie? Yeah, I think it might be Hobbs or Shaw or Calvin, I don't know. Well, I he, I don't know if you guys have seen Spy, but he's Yes. Pretty goddamn funny. And Jude Law is funny and spy. Jude Law's hilarious. That movie was great. It's so The woman in her ear all the time, the British woman who's Oh my god, I love her. But I also love like when she's like realizing her character and she's gonna have to wear the cat sweater and she doesn't get to do anything cool. (laughs) Um Melissa McCarthy is one of America's greatest gifts. Spy. Spy was good. It was very Did you like uh, Bridesmaids? I think it just I loved Bridesmaids. I'm I'm looking I'm looking to see if Spy is on my Plex server. Don't don't Okay, yeah, yeah, but don't but don't spoil yourself. Uh, oh, it's also Peter Take your time. It might be streaming somewhere. You can always check this. Yeah, just English watch. Andy, English Andy has a small role in it. English Andy. Uh, Peter oh, uh Yes, I was like I can't say his name, The Tick. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, The Tick. He's um he's terrific. He's um God, what is he? He's oh, in Peter Shot of the Dead. Shot of Dead. Yeah. Oh, of course, he's Brian. You may have heard of a guy named Brian Butterfield. Yes, Brian Butterfield. Saturday is Saturday is treat day. <laughs> Just look at me now. <laughs> ah. Have you watched the other ones? Have you watched? Yes, and they all I, take place I, in the same like sporting goods warehouse. <laughs> The one where he sings you to sleep is so good. <laughs> His workout program, the disguises one, is very gifable too. You're satisfied with your care? I loved it. One star. Uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Absolutely. Um, why would why like you watch it three purpose. times though? Debate me, coward. Debate me. Well, that's all she wrote. <laughs> <laughs>